Welcome to Broker to Broker, brought to you by AIM, the Association of Independent Mortgage Experts. If you haven't listened yet, Broker to Broker dives into the nitty gritty of the mortgage business by interviewing independent brokers and loan originators just like me. Hope you enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Windsor Mortgage. Windsor Mortgage has a new program that can help you get licensed in all 50 states. If you've lost deals to out-of-state lenders, this program can give you a distinctive edge. Windsor Mortgage is committed to helping you succeed by providing the necessary support and resources. With their assistance, you can say goodbye to missed opportunities and hello to a brighter future. It's a win-win. Get connected today by logging into the AIM member portal at brokersarebetter.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Broker to Broker podcast. I'm Mark Summers. I'm the AIM president of membership over here. Also, I have my own broker shop, Priority Mortgage. Um, why do I bring that up? Because I'm one of you guys. I love talking about mortgages, love getting this out here, love hearing people's stories about how they got into the business, how they're being successful, anything that they can give back to the community. Um, that that's, that's what I'm going with here. So today, I have a mortgage broker with C2 Financial, David Kakish. Did I say that right, David? You did it. It's Kakish. But Kakesh, that's okay. David Kakish. I'm sorry. I should have asked before, but you know, now no one's going to know. Everyone's going to remember that. So at the end of yeah. the day, I got, I got David Kakish with me. So kind of, kind of a little funny story here um, about how I've met David. I've talked to David a few times, but the funny thing about this was, um, and if you've ever been to success track, I think you'll understand. Um, I think you'll understand that I offer this to a lot of different people, you know what I mean? Cause it's all about the community, but I sat there and talked about our podcast. And, you know, I said, hey, if anyone's interested and feels they can give back to the community, just let me know, shoot me an email. I don't think I was five steps out of the room and David came up and he's like, I would love to be on. I'm like, let's have you. Let's 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 get it done. So, David, now that now that you have the floor here, tell us how you got started in this industry. You know, like tell us like I love hearing about this because you get to hear people's backgrounds and how they use it in today's business. So have at it. Yeah, man. Thanks. Uh, so honored to be on here. Like I said, my name is David Kakish. I'm with C2 Financial. Uh, I was a pastor for 17 years, oh, you know, wow. and, and if you're wondering the transition from pastor to mortgage broker, it's, it's a natural transition. It's exactly what you would think. Uh, a joke about pastors. Uh, I have four kids. I'm married. Uh, do you know what the difference is between two extra large pizzas and a pastor? What's that? Uh, two extra large pizzas can easily feed a family of six. So anyways, it was, you know, <laughs> it, up, it was time to transition and I had the freedom to kind of choose what do I want to do? And so we thought about it a lot. I did take a two year stint out of uh, pastoral ministry years back and did corporate sales for a Fortune 500 company. did well. So I told my wife, I want to do commissions. I want to deal with people. You have to have a certain stomach to do commissions. You know, people are always like, oh, I want to I do that. And I always say, if your first thought is, well, there's no floor underneath me. What if I don't make any money? I'm like, it's not for you. Right. Uh, it, it, it's it's for the people who go, there's no ceiling. You know, <laughs> like. Right, right. Your first thought, then I'm like, hey, you're going to do well. But if you're constantly stepping up to the plate, trying not to strike out, it's, it's probably not for you. But I knew I wanted to do commissions. Uh, something ba- commissions based. Didn't want to peddle something that you have to convince people to want. I wanted to deal with something people need. You know, like y- you need it. And so obviously my first thought was, real estate but then i was like i don't want to do real estate <laughs> right so mortgages I'm, I'm financially savvy i i know what it's like uh i bought a lot of houses and, and kind of 
got into the nitty gritty of shopping around for mortgages and this and that. And, and uh, so I was like, I'll do mortgages. And then I wanted to be a broker, especially because uh, both my parents are from the Middle East. I'm a first generation American. You can't say this, it would be racist. I can. Uh, the stereotype is true. We're good at haggling. We're good with uh, financial transactions. I tell people all the time in the movie Aladdin, they think it's a story about a boy with a lamb. And I always tell them, no, it's an extended Arabic sales pitch. <laughs> and I'm like, think about it. It starts with a heavy set man in a bazaar trying to sell you a rusty, dingy lamp that you don't think is worth anything. He proceeds to tell you an hour and a half long story to drive up the value. You know, we have it in our blood. We're good with money. So when I was shopping for mortgages, all the times we bought houses, man, I was the worst client. I'd call 20 in a day, pit them against each other, da 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 da. And I was try to find the best deal. What's funny is I found over the years that brokers did better for me than any retail lender. But I didn't know the difference because the brokers never told me they were brokers. I just, okay. I figure out why does one subset work faster, less fees, better rates than the others. And as I dug in, I'm like, oh, they're brokers. So as soon as I decided I want to do mortgages, I was like, I'm 1000% going to be a broker. I'm already on the other side of it as a client experienced the benefits of the broker channel. And I knew that I would want to highlight to clients that I'm a broker and this is the difference uh, because I got to experience that. And I thought, man, whoever did my mortgages before, like you missed the selling point, you know, because that would have been good for me to know. Right. That's kind of how I got into the field. Okay, so how did you find, so you got into the field, you know, and C2, I, I, I love you guys over at C2. Um, how did you get started with C2 and how long have you been with them? Yeah, so I've been with C2 since the beginning. Uh, there's a couple ex-ministry guys that actually made their way into the mortgage channel as well. And one of them called me to scout refis and I was like, man, I'm, I'm good. Uh, but we hadn't talked since seminary. I'm like, do you do mortgages now? And he said, yes. And I'm thinking about doing mortgages. I want to be a broker. He's like, you know, I'm a broker. And, and so started interviewing some, but he was with C2. And I was like, man, I want to be with C2. I like it. I like the way it's set up. And this isn't a commercial for C2. They're great brokerages. But man, they've been so good to me. Uh, we were transitioning. We were moving from Washington to Gulf Shores, Alabama. C2 I love was Gulf a Shores. I go to Gulf Shores every year. Come on. <laughs> but C2 wasn't licensed in Alabama when I got here. Okay. And so here I am, month into the industry. I started August of last year, and I can't do business in the state where I live. So I went to a success track and met David and shook his hand. I said, can you guys pick up Alabama? And he looked at me. He was like, I'm sending an email right now. And they did. And they've just been so good to me, and I'm glad I made the spot. Yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave Temko over there, who I've had many, many conversations with. Um, he's a great guy. You know what I mean? So I love C2. I love the big brokers. I love the small brokers. You guys all have your your unique uh, approaches and everything. And I, you know, and all it does, as long as we're helping consumers better than retail, that's that's probably the main thing on my mind. So okay, so you you get started in this industry. You're doing well. You got a good little network, obviously. You know, with with your ministry background. Um, you know, like one of the first things whenever I'm trying something new for me is like process and procedures. How did you do this? Because I think this is where a lot of brokers fail. I think, you know, like the, the, the most successful ones in my eyes have a process procedure, sales process, this, this, and they got every 
every box check mark. And you got some of these other ones that have a great process, but don't know like really how to, you know, uh, network. And then you got the vice versa. So tell me, you, you kind of seem to have it all going for you. So tell me about your process procedures. How did, how did you start this and what changes have you made? You know, like how often do you review it? Go ahead. Yeah, how often do I review it? Constantly, uh, you know, there's that meme about the wife looking over at the husband in bed that he's probably thinking about other women. I'm like, no, he's thinking about processes and procedures. Like, <laughs> I'm it. Um, but it's actually not that hard when you think about it. It's, it's actually really easy. You just kind of think through every sales experience you've ever had as a client of whatever industry. Like, when just sit down with a pen and paper and go, okay, I was shopping around pest control companies. I called a few. What did they do well? What did they do poorly? What was their follow-up like? What was too much? What was not enough? Like what was the time window where it was comfortable? Think through it as yourself as the client and write down everything in two columns. Pros, they did this. That was convincing for me. That was helpful for me as a consumer. They did this. I hated that. It irked me. I'll never work with that company again. And I literally made a master list of those things and wrote them down. And then I realized like, okay, I like football. Do you like football, Mark? Love football. Okay. Uh, offensive coordinators design plays. They do that on paper, you know, and they have an idea of how it will work out, but then they run practices over and over and over again and run that play and simulate it to see what's working, what isn't. And I go, why not us? Why not us? Why not sit down, think through the process, right? And, and, and putting yourself in the client position and run a simulation of your current process from first contact to post-closing. Every single step, run a simulation or better yet, have a spouse, a family member, a friend, like literally just pretend it go and then get feedback. Find the yeah. point, take the soft spots, and then make your adjustments accordingly. Like come up with a game plan for literally every single step and then run simulations again and again and again. And the goal here, like you said, uh, it's so funny. Most people kind of go either or. Do you cold call? Do you go direct to consumer? Do you pick up realtors? Do you use social media? Do you, and I'm like, why are you putting all your eggs in one basket? So against the either or mentality, the goal here is to maximize efficiency and enhance the client experience. You gotta do both, right? Some wanna maximize efficiency so they can rip and burrow through. But I tell my team all the time, efficiency will clear your pipeline faster. Mm -hmm. Relationships fill it. Don't choose one or the other. We, we wanna be both and so wanna maximize both. And so I'll give you an example. Is this too much, Mark? Can I keep no, going? No, keep going. No, you're doing great. I'll give you an example. Like how do you want clients to be connected to you, right? So when I first started, like I didn't think through that. Just like, I'm just happy to have any clients. I'm not thinking like, how do I want to do this? And so some realtors would just like give clients my number and the client would always call you at the worst possible time, right? Like you're, you're not ready for this random call. You didn't get a heads up, but always pick up your phone. You pick up and they're like, hey, we're under contract. We're with a retail under our, you know, like, I'm not going to hang up or say, Hey, can I call you back tomorrow at two? Like you just do it. But then it jacked up my day. Then I had other realtors who would maybe tee up a group text with me and the client. Hey, David, this is such and such. They're here. They're wanting to do this. I wanted to connect you to. And I would say, Oh, 
hey, such and such, nice to meet you. Thanks for the introduction, agent. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you. Da, 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 da. And then you get into the schedule ping pong. Like, are you free Wednesday at two? Uh, they say, no, I'm free Thursday between 9.01 and 9.18. Well, I'm not free then. Are you? And I'm just like, this is a cluster mess. My days are jacked up at the mercy of everyone else. And none of those options are working for me, but that's my fault, right? Like uh, we have a saying in my house, what you permit is what you promote. Like yeah. I never grew it. I never thought how I wanted realtors to connect their buyers to me. I never set expectations for them or gave them a blueprint for what I would love to do and what would, it... so now all my realtors know like, hey, tee up a text, a group text with David and your client. Now I have a, a keyboard shortcut programmed on my phone and my iPad on my Mac. All I have to type in is new lead on my keyboard, no space, and it will auto-correct a full custom templated uh, response that I've carefully crafted for clients immediately. Like I just, I see that text come in. I don't even have to read it. I just type in new lead on my phone. It's there at the bottom of it. It's a calendar link. Now we're not playing schedule ping pong. A lot of people do this so far. Calendly, you can program it where you require questions to be answered in order for them to book the appointment. Right. Question, is this a purchase or a refi? Is this a primary residence? Is this a second home? Is this an investment property? What's your estimated purchase price? How much you have for a down payment? Some of these are button questions. Some of them fill in the blank. My favorite is the check mark question. Uh, tell me about your employment. Check all that apply. You're self-employed. W-2, less than one year, less than two years. More. And so they can check all these things and there's more questions, uh, but when they're done, the availability on Calendly is only gonna be what's available on my calendar. And I preset times when I'm gonna do buyer consult. They answer all these preliminary questions and I get an email with their answers. So now I have a cheat sheet that's auto-programmed to go into notes that I can already see like, oh, self-employed less than one year. I can text him a question right then and there. Hey, I saw, but I have a cheat sheet to go. And so, I mean, literally new lead. And now all of that's done for me and I'm ready to go. Efficiency and it enhanced the clients, less touch points, right? Like we met at Success Track. They give you extra partner points, whatever, when you have less underwriter touches. Like we can right. do the same thing. Like let's streamline it, but it takes work and effort. And I just don't think a lot of brokers, um, want to spend time refining the boring, but I, I think they underestimate the effects it can have when we can both uh, maximize efficiency and enhance the client experience. Yeah, no, efficiency is a absolutely huge. And and one of the things, you know, that I, you know, th that I see brokers do, and it's not just brokers, it's just human nature, is that there's not immediate response. You know, I mean, they, they, they kind of back away where sometimes these things take 60, 90 days, you know, it might, may even take more. Uh, but then once you see it, you know, it just slowly starts to flow in, but no, I love the way you have your process and, you know, procedures set up. And my, my big thing I got out of all that, David is like, you look at UWM right there, they have a process procedure in place for every aspect of everything they do and why it's to enhance the experience. And it's not just UWM, it's, it's everyone. Everyone has their own process and procedure. And what we need to do is take that, adopt it to us in terms of what was good about this. Like when I submitted a loan, what, what was my favorite thing about this and how can I relate that to the borrower? 
I like that. I, you know, and, and when I do these podcasts, I know I'm a broken record and people who listen to this podcast are probably like, damn it, Mark's about to say the same thing again, which is, I love these things because I, after every time I do a podcast, I go back and relook at my business plan and everything I have. And, you know, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to look at it from start to finish, you know, like how can I make it easier on the bar? How can I make it more efficient? How can I clear my pipeline out faster? So I created a, a it's different every quarter, but it's a realtor feedback survey on a Google form with buttons asking about every step in the process, like either their side of it or the client side of it, giving me scales one to 10, giving them options to type stuff up. And I send it out to all the realtors I work with. I take that data, put it in chat GPT, help me analyze it and then have it formulate like what were the pinch points? Where can I improve? And then we go from there. Like we need to set up places to get feedback Mm -hmm. and do better. Golly, like if, if you have a feedback mechanism in place and the client said this was frustrating in it, and then you call them a month post-close and say, hey, I saw your comment in this thing, and I'm so sorry you experienced that. We took that really seriously. This is what we did. These are the changes we made. You just took a meh client who felt like, yeah, they, they did okay. They feel differently about you. Primacy and recency theories are real. They're going to remember the first and the last. So start strong and end strong and you got clients for life. Yeah, I agree. It's that client for life mentality. You have to have it. You, you have to have it. If it's, I, I've told many people this, whether they're with me or not with me anymore with my broker shop um, is, is I told myself, if you look at this as a transaction business, right? Which technically it is. Okay. But if you just look at it as a, just a transaction and it's done, you're not going to succeed long-term. Mm-mm. It's it's just it's just a fact out there, and I'm okay with it. All right, so let's 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 switch gears on you, David, real quick. One of the biggest things and out there right now is obviously everyone is scrapping around for business. You started the business very recently, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put my numbers your numbers out there to the public, but some of the stuff you told me, I was very very amazed about it. It was uplifting. It was yeah, anyone can do this. Like literally anyone can do this. It's just you gotta have different process procedures in place, a different mindset. But one of the big things that people are always looking for is like marketing and communication. So let's talk about communication first. How would you view or define your communication style? You know, uh, on the outside wrapper, I'm kind of a what you see, what you get. Like, oh, I'd like to have a beer with that guy. And I hope I put mm-hmm. off those vibes. Like, I, there's no persona, you know, there's no like sales voice. I talk to people like I would. The same about mortgages is if we're talking about the New England Patriots, the greatest football team in the world, not this season, but you know our dynasty. Anyways, uh, the reality is some people don't like that because it seems informal and not professional. And I get that. Like, listen, to each their own. There's not, you do business your way and your business has your voice. It has to have your thumbprint on it. Don't try to impose someone else's thumbprint. The way you run your business, it's going to be different than mine, but underneath, uh, being ourselves might be the same uh, spine, even though the skin looks different and the body shape looks different. So I'm myself, uh, which can come across as informal and fun. And that, that is the tone I've, I've liked to take because mortgages, like you think mortgages, you think guys in suits and ties and big buildings and whatever, and that's what I do. I'm fun. I send clients memes and gifs and get to know them and whatever. But where that might convey some sort of uh, unprofessionalism where I get them back is my knowledge of loans 
and products and the markets and how I'm advising them. And you get me into the nitty gritty. I mean, I'm looking at their tax returns and go, why did you take that deduction? Why didn't you do this? Why is your money here? You put now I'm saying like, hey, talk to your financial advisor. I had a client two months ago that had $500,000 sitting in his checking account. And I just said, hey, my friend, nothing to do with your mortgage. (laughs) (laughs) 0.1% interest on your money. Why don't you move it to like this high yield savings account with Marcus Golden Sachs? It's at five and a half uh, for the first three months. Refer your wife, get an additional three months, and you could be making five and a half on your 500K. He said, you know, thanks a lot, but I have a financial planner. I'm like, okay, no worries. Yeah, I'm fine, but I see that he called me a week later. He fired his financial planner. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you that guy went from making 500 bucks a year in interest to $27,000. He did not shop me around for rates. And he didn't think, oh, this guy's a a mean guy. He's just a joker. Like he knows his stuff. And so I I try to do both. And that's just been my communication. And at first I was all over the place, Mark. I just like wanted business. I started August of last year. So it's like, I thought brokers, we do have cheaper fees and cheaper rates. And so I'm like, that's the muscle I'm going to flex. You know, I, I tried something like, hey, show me your LE. If I can't beat it, I'll give you a gift card to hundred for $100 to your favorite restaurant. Have dinner on me knowing you got a good deal. You know, I flexed the, the, that muscle. And then I was like, mm. and I had a friend who owns a, a large company and he's a branding like genius. And we were fishing and he said, think of three adjectives that you want people to think of when they describe your business, the way you do your work, the way you communicate, the, the messaging, the content of your communication. Pick three and then filter everything you do through those three. Like, do you want that. to, I'm going to save you money guy. Do you want to be the education guy? Do you want to be the whatever? You can't be all of them. You know, uh, and so like, what are the three things you want to be known for? Keep that at the forefront and let those be a filter. Maybe it's the same content, but the wording shifts a little because, hey, my goal is education. You know, so am I highlighting that in this? Uh, did you know? So I don't know if that was helpful for me to kind of get consistency. And uh, Jim Collins, right? You shoot bullets before cannonballs. I've tested everything. I mean, if you follow me on social media, you see like Two days ago, I made an animated story of why brokers are better than retail lenders. You know, and I use AI to do it. And I'm watching, I'm looking for feedback mechanisms. Is it getting views? Is it getting traction? Not as much as this did. What was the difference between it and that? And so you shoot bullets. And when you find something that's kind of ripping holes consistently, that's when you fire cannonballs, you know? I love that. I love that. I, I love the fact that you said, like, pick three adjectives. I mean, I think all of us should do that because, you know, when, when you pick those three adjectives of what you want to be, that's your personality. You know what I mean? You're not going to have a shy person say, I want to be powerful. You know what I mean? That you're, or outgoing, per se. I, I, so as you were talking, I did three in my head and I go, oh, my God, like, that's what I need to start doing again. That, that's amazing. But I do have one question for you. Is it GIF or GIF? So authorial intent, the guy who created them says Jif. Jif, no way. So I've been saying it wrong the entire time. The entire world has told him, I don't care that you created it, you're wrong. It's GIF. 
And, and so the debate goes. So I go with authorial intent. I'm sorry, I'm a purist. You made it, you get to name it. Uh, that's, my, that's my theory. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Well, so going back here and kind of bringing everything together, um, while we have a few more minutes is, you know, you, yes, you were a pastor, right? And, you know, like we've all come from different backgrounds. I think I've only met like two people in my entire life that said, yeah, when I grew up, I grew up in mortgages. So I knew I was going to do that. Or I wanted to, do, I actually had never heard anyone say I want to do it. <laughs> but at the same time, your background as a pastor, how did that help you with your current business now? Is it just yeah. the network or did you, there's gotta be more. There's more, man. I believe in this book called the Bible and I, you can believe whatever you want, but in it, it says this verse, if you know the good you ought to do and don't do it, you sin. If you know the good that you ought to do and don't do it, you sin. And that plus do unto others kind of stays at the forefront of my mind as I'm doing buyer consults, as I'm talking to people. It forces me to ask this question to myself constantly. If I know the good I ought to do and don't do it, I sin. I ask myself, will this, will working with me, will this product best serve this client? Right? Like if they're with a retail lender, particularly on like a Gavi loan, I might say like, hey, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to whatever. But I'm like, they're getting reamed over there and have no idea. I'm going to be a little pushier on this one because if I don't, I know the good I ought to do. Mm -hmm. money we can close faster like hey like i want to be a little timid i don't want to be too pushy but hey someone's drowning i can jump in and save them I don't, you know so it, it, sometimes it gives me courage to kind of push forward and there's other times like you know anyone can do whatever they want as brokers one place we don't really have a strong muscle to flex is helocs for example right wholesale yeah, lenders right. We, we can't so i get particularly in this day and age with debt consolidation stuff and all that. I get a lot of calls about HELOCs. I could easily say, hey, I don't do them, but I still set up a buyer console. And we talk for 30 minutes and I'm asking them their goals and their anxieties. Is this the right product for you? If it is, they're expecting me to go oh, fill out an application. I'm like, okay, here's what you do. Go talk to this credit union and do this. And they're always shocked. Like, what? And I'm like, yeah, uh, here's why we're not competitive there. And I want you to save money. And I get that some would say that's stupid. And I would tell that person, um, they don't understand it. Sometimes you have to lose to win. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. get that deal, uh, but there's a lot of uh, agrarian language and metaphors and parables in the Bible about farmers and, and, and planting. And so when I read this quote a long time ago, I loved it. Uh, and I applied it to my entire mortgage business. I tell my team all the time, we're farmers, not hunters. Hunters are just looking for their next kill. They'll shoot yeah. anything that crosses their path. They're not thinking conservation long-term. Should I wait for something better? Take a more strategic. But farmers are in it for the long haul. I want to be someone's lender for life. Yeah, I missed out on a $25,000 HELOC, but do you know how that agent feels about me now? That client feels, they're walking, talking billboards. Hey, I found an honest lender. Right. This Mark, I mean, August of last year, but I've dealt with uh, people in the mortgage industry before. We have a mechanic's reputation by and large. People are constantly worried, like, am I getting screwed? They have that like nagging doubt. Um, and so like when you can say, hey, this is what you're asking about really is the best product for you. Here's why. This is what will help you accomplish. And I'm not going to do it for you. 
Because if I do, it's going to cost you more money. Go do this instead. Man, I'm telling you, like you planted seeds and they go plant other seeds. I, you lose to win sometimes. And I've not won a deal intentionally that's led to four and five. And so just having that long, in, in January, I did one loan. In February, I did two. In March, I think I did three or four. You know, it was slow. I'll end the, the year over 70 units this year. Like it's just growing and I'm hoping it will continue. And uh, it's doing unto others and, and serving okay. people and asking people, will working with me be best? Will it best serve them? Answer that question honestly and invite the clients and agents to that conversation and you will always win. You'll always win. I love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, you're going to continue to do great things. I mean, just just your mindset, your processes, everything that you have going here is what exemplifies a broker. And you're doing it the right way, David. I mean, I, kudos to you, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for your leadership and help. Well, you're not getting off Scott. You got one more question to answer here, which is going to be this. You, I know you have AIM membership. What's your favorite thing about your AIM membership? And then I'll let you go. Hmm. You know, I've never used it. I love having an escalation. Mm -hmm. I just, it's just that like, I hope I don't have to use my life insurance policy, but I'm glad I have one kind of thing. So it's probably a tie between that, like muscle behind me if needed, but really uh, I've learned so much on that silly Facebook group. <laughs> I, yeah. It is a masterclass. And I probably read it as much or more than my Bible and <laughs> yeah. because, you know, uh, you get licensed as a loan officer, you go through these training courses. They don't, I'm like, congratulations, you're a, a loan originator. I'm like, I don't know anything about mortgages. <laughs> you right. know, I know about Dodd-Frank. I, I <laughs> and so I just didn't even know where to start. And I'm reading through Fannie and Freddie's guidebook and it's just like, you read the guidebook and study the guidebook, it prepares you for fastballs. And I don't know about you guys, but man, I feel like this market's only throwing curves, you know, yeah. and, and, and these unique scenarios that just don't fit and you're not sure. So just going to the Facebook page, searching, finding most times uh, there's nothing new in the sun. Someone faced something similar and then, Hey, whatever happened with this? Oh, we did this. Can I call you? Yeah. And, and they give you this cheat sheet, like, oh, this lender, they do this, make sure to do that. Oh my gosh, man, worth its weight in gold. That's awesome. No, I love that. I, I agree with that. Escalations, I was just speaking to someone on the phone this morning about membership and they're talking about, you know, what which level to buy. And they're like, eh, I just haven't used that escalation. I said, you haven't used it until you need it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until, until that paycheck's on the line, you never know how, how much you need it. Not that we can do it every time, but I'm gonna tell you, we shoot about 90% on that. So why not have that in your back, you know, in your back. So, well, David, Hey, listen, Bob, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time out. I appreciate you coming up to me at success track and saying, Hey, Mark, I, I think I can do this. And that's what this is about. I don't care if you've been in the business a month or 25 years, we can all learn from each other. I learned stuff from you today. Hopefully you learn stuff from other people on this podcast. And I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for having me guys. No problem. All right, brokers, if you want to get caught up on all of our past podcast episodes, please head over to aimgroup.com backslash broker to broker. You can also listen to all the broker to broker podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google, pretty much anywhere you can download podcasts. Do me a favor, though. Please rate it, leave a review, subscribe to it. It helps us get the podcast out there and spread the word that brokers are better. 
Dave, my man, you're one of those, man. Really appreciate your time today. Brokers, are you looking for the best resources to succeed? The AIM member portal is your one-stop destination for everything you need. Submit and track AIM escalations for high-level loan issues, join the referral list, change AEs, and obtain exclusive discounts. And you'll have access to over 50 AIM lenders and vendors. Don't wait. Sign up today at brokersarebetter.com.